0: so much for the blessings that you've given us. Thank you for the resources and the help and, and really the honor that we have to be able to have a home base uh, in Box Hill, which is such a bustling suburb. That, that Lord God, the potential of that to, to be able to, to um, uh, minister into your name is huge, Lord, and I pray that we would be able as a church to live up to that calling, that you would change us from the inside out. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. All right. So, we are... Okay, sorry, I'm just going to reset this. All right, too many teething issues everywhere. Okay, cool. So, we are in the midst of our... um, Family Altar Series. Next week, actually, we have the CEO of Focus on the Family. Good friend of mine, Brett Ryan, is coming to share with us, and he's going to cap uh, off the series and talk about actually how uh, we can um, very practically have God in the home. All right? Yeah, Focus on family, very, very practical. Brett used to be a kid's pastor at City Life. Fantastic guy, and it's a real privilege to have him here. We also have all the kids Uh, in the service so that we can clear up the Sunday school stuff and get things uh, worked up for kids uh, over in the next place. Then we've got the opening service. Pastor Roland and I will be um, sort of sharing a little bit on that. And then the week after, I'm actually super excited, the first Sunday, normal Sunday, uh, that we have in our our premise, Um, I've managed to get the senior pastor of Clayton, Clayton, COC, uh, who recently lost his wife, um, and uh, I reckon as a personal favor, really, he's going to be sharing a little bit about his journey as we open up Psalms 23, which will be the first book that we, uh, first chapter that we do in the new premise, and he's going to be talking about, um, you know, um, just opening up in a very real way how, how God can be our shepherd through even some of the darkest uh, trickiest times, and so that'll be a service not to to miss. Okay, let's read. Psalms 1 goes, Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the wicked, nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat of scoffers, but his delight is in the law of the Lord. And on this law, he meditates day and night. And he is like a tree planted by streams of water that yields its fruit in season. Its leaf does not wither. In all that he does, he prospers. The wicked are not so but they're like chaff that the wind drives away. Therefore, the wicked will not stand in judgment, nor sinners in the congregation of the righteous. For the Lord knows the way of the righteous, but the way of the wicked will perish. Um, you know we have been doing. Subi spoke on the importance of prayer. Uh, last week we talked about if there was a one line from last week it would be uh, God front and center. We looked at the Shema um, and and how we could when we're waking when we're sleeping have God uh, all over the place. And today's a little bit of building on that. So if you missed last week's sermon uh, you can go back and sort of listen to that. Um, the goal for today is to really talk about the importance of Scripture in our homes. Uh, there is no point talking about things we should do if we're not actually going to do it, right? And so uh, last week, I really tried to cover and appeal as best as I could for a kind of inner home transformation, an inner life transformation even, Um so that we're actually doing some of the things that the Bible talks about, that God talks about, that forms us as a a people of God. In fact, we we looked last week that blessings and obedience, they go together. They go together, right? It's about how we live our inner life. So if I could be as practical as possible, one of the problems that we all face is... But the time you are praying, talking about God day and night, reading the Bible, whatever, right? Like, if we're really honest, maybe all of us just don't have enough time in the day to do all of that. Like, how can some people seriously find the time to read three chapters of the Bible, pray for an hour, I don't know, serve in home group leadership? Like, where does this even... Where does this time magically appear? Are we, like are we talking about only senior pastors and, and nuns in monasteries? You know like what about the average regular person who's got things on? How, how can we be people who have a family altar, people who have God's presence in the home yet um, live? Normal kind of life with its issues. That's what I want to grapple with today. And so uh, it's been it's been ages that I've been um, sort of trying to crack how to handle this. Um, and so I, I think I've got a little bit of a key. I'm going to use an analogy today that's going to hopefully help. Um, you, as you, you balance all the things that actually can be inner transformational in a Christian's life, that are actually at the heart of Christianity, uh, along with just the, the regular living of life. So I'm going to use an analogy um, around countries. All right? And Craig Groschel actually wrote a r- very, very good book, um, Christian Atheist, and I'm going to take a little bit of his model. He's got three lines in his model, three ways of engagement with the Bible, three ways of engagement with God, all right? And I'm going to use a country analogy, if I could, countries, if I could, just to explain what it's like to engage with the Bible in your home. So line number one, line number one is the visit. It's the visit to a country. You know what it's like? You're in your 20th anniversary with your wife. You want to go to Disney World, but she wants to go to... (laughs) France. <laughs> so you visit you visit another country, right? Um, you know enough. So here's line one that Craig Rochelle sort of comes up with. I love his sort of model, so I'm gonna use it. Um, you think about this as Christianity. So you know enough about Christianity that you can benefit from it alright? You, you know enough about the Bible that you can turn to it when you're feeling depressed and you can be encouraged. You know enough about the Bible that you can go to it for the promises of God, and right? So, you, you just, you, you know enough so that you can, you can get along with your husband and wife and whatever, right? It's just enough so that Christianity, the Bible, scriptures, praying is broadly beneficial for your life. Um, So I I remember we were prepping, uh, so there's like a a picture of us, where we were there, right? Like, the last time we went to France was our honeymoon 20 years ago. Uh, you laugh, but that could be sometimes the last time somebody opened a Bible (laughs) in some homes, right? Okay, so it's kind of like that. You're like, oh my goodness, this is a foreign country, all right? like is is there a book of Ezra i don't even know is there a right like um and they said you you're it's it's kind of unknown and I remember when we were going to to France, we were in a bit of a panic because one We got free frequent flyer points to get there, so praise the Lord. But, you know, we're going to spend a lot of money or a lot of time to get there, and we are babysitting all organized. So we wanted to have a good time. We wanted it to be good, and so we had to do a little bit of work. We had to investigate France, right, to to get some kind of benefit out of it. So actually... uh, Congratulations to the French people. They make their city, Paris, Lyon. They make it very easy to navigate around. Because you can Google stuff. There's maps around. There's friends who've been there before. They're giving us restaurants to eat at. We, we went to the Louvre. There's, the Louvre has an app that you can download. And then, you know, you can have an audio guide. So, fantastic. They've made it very, very easy. If you want to visit France. And I feel like in today's day and age, actually, we now have more versions of the English Bible than ever in human history. We've got not just, uh, we were just clearing up our books in our home, right? not just the ESV, NIV, uh, KJV, right? We, they also have, we, we pulled up Bibles in our house, the Animal Stories Bible, yeah, we got the boys' Bible. We got the girls' Bible. We got the teen Bible. We got the teen girls' Bible. We got the teen boys' Bible. We got the men's Bible. We got the women's study Bible. We've got the passion version of the Bible. We got oh my goodness, we have got. It is so easy now. It is so easy to get into the Bible. In fact, there are videos out there that are uh, for kids, which I, I I recommend that um, and you can email me and I'll, I'll send it to you. But uh, that summarize the books of the Bible, in quick, illustrative, um, short little videos that give you a really good sense of what that book is talking about. So, I'll tell you now, we live in a day and age where if you were at all interested in scriptures in your life, at all interested in scriptures in your life, and you want to just pop in there for a visit, it's pretty easy. It's pretty easy. Unfortunately, that has made it Such that most people don't visit it. Um, So, but it is definitely really good. So if you are, so I'm going to, I understand that there is a wide audience here and maybe people who are listening later on. Everybody is at different levels. So I'm going to talk today at different levels of how you can engage In scripture. But just as a as a quick show of hands, let's be really, really honest. So I'm gonna ask a question. Just quick show of hands. How many people have been Christians for more than three years? So more, more than three years. You you feel right, okay. So that's most people here. All right, that's like most. Okay. So Jesus only had his disciples for three years. That's why I ask. Right? Okay. So basically, right, if you are a new Christian, if you are exploring God and the Bible and, you know, you're, new, you're kind of fantastic. It's now easier than ever for you to get into the Bible and get into Scripture. So if you go through this series and you go, wow, I need to actually have more of the Bible in my life. Wow there are a lot of resources available for you to go and visit France. There are things that you, 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 you see, right? You're, oh, my goodness, there's the Arc de Triomphe. There's, we discovered, you know, very superficial things, like Lyon had better food than Paris. and you know, right. So, like, a bunch of just very uh, casual things, but it was still pretty good. I was still pretty good. But if you ask me what my big takeaway from Paris and and Lyon and France was, was I had a really good time because I got to know my wife better. (laughs) Yeah, really. Like, that was, like, the big takeaway, right? Because how much of, like, Champs-Élysées and various other, like, it was just, like, it was just, it was okay. It was okay. Like, all right? Um, and I want to put it to you, if your understanding of Scripture, your engagement of Scripture is just like a visit to Paris, then you're not going to have a very high view of the Bible. You're not going to have a very, high, you, you're, you're going to miss out, I feel, on all that the Bible, the richness that the Bible has to offer your life. You are not going to be like a tree that is planted deep by the river that, that yields fruit. Okay, but Good for a visit. Okay, let's talk about line number two. Line number two, you're kind of getting a little bit more into scripture. You're getting getting more into God, right? It's called invest, all right? It's called invest. And so you, now you believe in God enough to contribute comfortably, all right? So this is, hey, I, I, I love God. I'm, I'm part of the whole church thing. I'm, I'm contributing. I serve. I help out. Um, I I kind of engage with the country, and I'm going to be, like, helpful. For me, that's like Philippines, all right? As we, next year, it'll be, like, 10 years that we go to Philippines every year, and I love the country. Oh, my goodness, I love the country. Magandang, umaga, everybody is listening from Philippines, right? Um, but I've grown to love the country now. Now, when we go there, I know that there are some tourist traps, that you just have to avoid, right? We know the place so well that there was a hotel that opened up in North Edsa next to the one that we usually go to because we keep going there, right? And it was better and cheaper than the one we regularly. so we, ch- we changed hotels. But how do we know that? Because we keep visiting the place so much so that now we're a little bit invested in. We've left money there, we've left our stuff there, because we know next year we're going back there again. And so the next line to sort of, the the next line to cross is you're beginning to understand the landscape of the place. Like I know now the difference between Kalaokan and Pasig. They're not just, like for, for you if you've never been to Manila, they're just two words. But there's a big difference between Revelation and Genesis. The book of Job and Psalms, right? Matthew, Mark, Luke, John are different, would you believe? And so something happens with Scripture when you go more than just a visit. That means Scripture in your life, in your personal walk with God, takes on a new level. Alright, where it's no longer oh oh, what's that? What's that verse that somebody mentioned? Oh, I'm, I'm having a really rough day. God, is there a promise in Scripture that I that you know you can give me? So beyond just what can I get out of it, you're starting stud- you're starting to invest in it. So it's a place you regularly go to, right? You're putting time and effort, and now, maybe you're going to Bible studies, right? You're going, you're checking, there's some level of investment in there, and your understanding of that landscape of the country changes. Philippines is no longer the same Philippines to me anyway, that it used to be 10 years ago. Right, Because I know now what the landscape of the place is. I know the food that's there. I know the people, the culture uh, more so. Um, still, though, I don't think that is the final picture. So if you're a medium Christian and you've been around for a while, you've been exploring Christianity, I want to call you to line two. Line two says, hey, if you've chosen Christianity as the place to be, consider investing in it consider taking time to understand the Scriptures that actually are the very anchor of our faith, the actual very roadmap of the country of the kingdom of God. Right? In it, we'll, you'll find it's actually stood the test of countless millennia. I, I'm not going to go into evidence of Scripture thing, which if you go back to our sermons, you'll see we've covered. But you'll discover if you invest into Scripture, a little bit more than just what can I get out of it. There's a whole world out there of richness because even the letters written to the churches are all different. You'll read in the book of Proverbs um, chapters that impart wisdom, that have stood the test of thousands of years. In, in Psalms, are from lament through to celebration, through a, it becomes the language of our faith. You, you, you look through 66 books of different authors, of different books that express not just the God who made us, but reflect us as people, His creation. All of that is for you to explore. If you would consider investing, like we have invested in Philippines, investing in Scripture right? But here's the thing. That stage, line two, is a little bit like the rich young ruler in Matthew 19. Willing to sort of do everything up to his comfort zone, right? So line two is line two is believe in God enough to contribute comfortably. That means you determine the barriers of everything. Like, hey, I get it. Like, there's a lot in the Bible, there's a lot of things, but I'm in control, so God, I'm going to tell you how much time you have, and you better just fit around my schedule. Hey, I'm going to do this study of God's Word. I'm going to do all this, right? But I'm going to contribute so that I'm not like a freeloader, but I'm going to do it sufficiently enough so that it's just comfortable for me. And if I could be so honest with you, our church— And our investment in the Philippines is a little bit like that. Because after serving for a week in Philippines, we come back home. We're back. We're not living there, right? And so there's some level where if you want to just stay at level two, your home, your home where you live, is a different country with all of its issues and school and, uh, you know, work and things like that. And then the the regular place that you go every year to visit, that could be maybe the Bible. I want to talk now about the final option, um, which I'm thinking, if you are a fully devoted follower of Christ, if you are a mature, mature Christian, and I understand that there are people here and listening, from all different levels. So it's okay. Like, we really want to encourage the baby Christians. I really want to encourage, I really want to encourage those medium Christians that are just beginning to discover the landscape of the Bible and falling in love with it just as I did when I was younger. Right? Great. But I know that in this church, more than three quarters of this church is comprised of what I would categorize as mature Christians. That means a large portion of your life even has been spent. A significant portion of your life has been spent saying, Jesus Christ, you're my Lord. The kingdom of heaven, the kingdom of God is where I want to live. That's the the country I'm going to migrate to. So line three is migrate. You believe in God enough to give my whole life to it. Alright? That's what's actually being called for with our engagement of scripture. It really is. The Bible is not primarily meant to be the quick reference guide when you're lost in Paris. It's it's not. It's supposed to be the air we breathe, the meditate day and night part of Psalms one. Uh, we're supposed to actually migrate to this new place. So much so that you sell your house and you move into the place, right? So, like, um, I mean, we, we kind of, we migrated here, so we kind of know what it's like to, 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 to leave from one country and come to another. I just want to read a couple of verses, right? Um, Psalms, uh, Philippians three twenty. Our citizenship is in heaven. And from it we await a Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. It talks about us migrating and having citizenship in a new place. Um, uh, Ephesians 2 uh, has a longer. So then we're no longer strangers and aliens. Uh, here in this world but we are fellow citizens with the saints and members of the household of god that has been built on the foundation of the apostles and the prophets jesus christ himself being the cornerstone in whom the whole structure being joined together grows into the holy temple of the lord in him you also are being built together a dwelling place for god the spirit the bible talks about us not just being a new creation but living in a new land being part of a new country. How, how do you know when you've been living in a new country? Like, we've been here in Australia. I came over when I was 15. Yep. I think uh, 1990, around there, right? When I go back to Malaysia, where I was born, <laughs> I actually, I'm a little bit of a stranger back there. It, when my friends that I grew up with, when they interact with me, they laugh at me. Because I talk funny, my tastes are different, my behavior, my jokes are no, like they're hilarious here, but they're just not, yeah, see? But then when I go back, they're just not funny anymore, right? You know, like it's, ah, because what has happened, yeah, I know, it's their fault, completely their fault, because I've spent too long living in Australia, I spent too long living in Australia. What happens if you're a Christian and you spend your time living in Scripture? That means it surrounds you day and night. You live in this place. It means not just do you know the landscape of the place. It's actually literally every day in front of you. Like I do my devotion every day, right? I would recommend highly, if you're going to be a a mature Christian, a disciple of Christ, that the Bible is something you open up every day. Like you travel from your home to your work every day, you've memorized that path, surely. You're not opening up Google Maps and and then trying to figure out how to get to your workplace that you go to every day. To some extent, if you live in the country of the Bible, you have memorized Certain things. It's so much a part of you. I want to tell you that how is it possible to balance all of those things is if you shift countries, if you take on a migrant mentality, then it's no longer, oh, researching Paris is such hard work. I have no time. We did it last minute because I was so busy. Who's got time to read blogs and, blogs and pictures of food? and Like no one's got time for any of that stuff, Right? but that's if you if you view Scripture that way, but if you view Scripture as this is where I live, I live in the Bible. The Bible informs my life every day I'm just going to open up and there's going to be a new place to discover every, I'm going to read the same thing again and again, just like you go like your neighborhood. there's certain places that that 's why we do one book for the whole year. The idea is, actually, that you would have read it multiple times. The book of Genesis, I actually hope the whole church has read the book of Genesis, not just once, many times, because we're living in it this whole year for a while, right? So what happens then is it changes your behavior. They do these things. If you live in Australia for a while, you end up doing these things like you read Australian news right? You, you, you go to Australian schools. You invest in Australia. So then you're, you're interested in what happens to the Australian stock market, the Australian property market, the, whatever it is. That is the analogy that, that Scripture needs to be in your life if you want to be a person that lives there. That's the picture that Psalms 1 gives us. I'm going to read um, Psalms 1 again. Blessed is the man who walks not. Again, we talked last week about walk being like the living of your life. Alright? So blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the wicked nor stands in the way of sinners. So in the beginning of this Psalm, which is um, the beginning of the whole book of Psalms, it's it's called the Wisdom Psalm. It sets a two-way path. Right? There's the There's the blessed man with the uh, counsel of the godly, and then there's the the wicked, the righteous, and then the wicked, right? And then, uh, no, sits in the seed of scoffers, but this delight in the law of the Lord is scriptures, right? In the law of the Lord, and on the law he meditates day and night. The Torah was what they had. Um, He is like a tree planted. So, where this tree lives, where this tree gets all its nutrients. Is by streams of water that yields its fruit in seasons. Its leaf does not wither. In all that he does, he prospers. All right? Um, and then, the wicked are not so. They are like chaff, and the wind drives it away. Therefore, the wicked will not stand in judgment, nor sinners in the congregation of the righteous. For the Lord knows the way of the righteous. The way of the wicked will perish. How could we possibly find sufficient enough time or a sufficient enough mindset to live in a country other than Australia? Well, I'm going to spend the next 10 minutes talking about another country. Another country. Because Psalms 1, I'm trying to exegete Psalms 1, and make it as relevant to today as possible, all right? I'm going to talk about another country, because Psalms 1 talks about, I think, two countries, two places that you can live. I'm going to talk about social media land. Or, if you're not on social media, uh, the, the, the Netflix, maybe. Media itself, alright? But I'm going to talk about social media land because it's the country that so many people live in. When I say it's the country, they are living there and they don't have to go, hey, we better do some research. I know nothing about social media, so where am I going to find the time to figure out how to use the Facebook or whatever it is, right? No. Nobody needs that. You don't even need instructions on where to swipe with Snapchat. You know why? Because you live there. She so already know, intuitively. You're not like accidentally sending weird animal faces to your boss, because you know how Snapchat works, right? So I'm gonna spend a little bit of time, if I could, talking about this other country, social media country where we meditate day and night. We do. We surround ourselves with the counsel of Facebook recommendations right, and comments. right, it's been a phenomenon, and, uh, and the reason why I, I, I'm talking about it, actually, is it's becoming very mainstream. So, uh, obviously, right, in the last 10 years, uh, it's actually skyrocketed, and it's having massive influence, not just the younger people, uh, adults as well. So we now see that, in, in, um, I read one report that said loneliness um, uh, amongst social uh, media users has increased 40% in adults, right? So this thing that was supposed to make us more sociable, more connected, is actually making us less connected, right? It's yielding. So these countries yield fruits. And so you got to think about what fruit is going to be yielded if I live in Scripture day and night? And what fruit is going to be yielded if I'm in social media, day and night is the as I think maybe the contrast that is is is, is out there. Okay, so I, I just want to do this really really quickly, just to talk a little bit about um, kind of these countries because just in case, uh, hey, let's just talk a bit about three things I wanna I wanna highlight, um, and this is partly as a heads up to parents as well. The good thing about living in the country uh, of God, actually is that it is a country where anybody can live. It doesn't matter what your family situation is. Whether you're in a broken home, whether you've just recently divorced, whether you're single, you're not married, you've got no kids, you are a kid, you are a teen. It's a country. It's not a country that only perfect families live in. What we're trying to talk about is... Setting up this family altar for you in a good country, this country where all of us can live in and we can be well planted, right? Um, but three things are happening in this other country that is shaping us, and I'm I'm hoping to give a bit of a heads up for some of you in the digital space. This is old news. I'm trying to catch up, like multi generations, all in one 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 hit at the moment. Bullying has changed. Bullying has changed because more and more life is being lived in this country. The bullying no longer is uh, pulling your underpants up and stuffing your head in the toilet, right? Uh, It is much, much more negative comments online of your friends bandying together. It's so easy to say nasty, mean, evil, derogatory things when you're hidden behind the mask of the internet, Okay, and this is transforming our the world, not just the younger world. It's transforming the actual world that we that we live in. Um, Measuring up. Okay, we are now so with another thing that this country is doing is we're now measuring ourselves against not the real other people, right? We are measuring against everybody's Instagram life. Style and we, we know this. Like, I'm gonna go so fast through this because you could. This is going so mainstream that you know, Apple and various other um, companies they're, they're taking steps now to manage your screen time, they're trying to manage uh, things that are being posted because it's becoming so obvious that these things are not helpful. But we know that um, most people don't post. They are boring, mundane moments. They are, they are, um, they did this one study, um, a a, a preacher I was hearing um, quoted this one study where they just looked at Las Vegas in America, right? And they looked at all the hotels that people stayed in, in Las Vegas. And then they compared it to all of the Instagram and Facebook posts of where people stay in Las Vegas. Majority of people in Las Vegas if you, according to social media, stayed at Bellagio five-star hotels, really nice, fancy places, right? But in reality, the majority of people uh, who visit Las Vegas, they stay at discount places. They get the deal. They start right. But you don't post your two-star motel room <laughs> <laughs> on Instagram. You don't. And that's what we're all measuring ourselves up against. It's creating unheard of levels of dissatisfaction with life, which is kind of what we're going to be tackling with Psalms 23. Right? So we're having problems now with measuring up. The other thing about living in this country is missing out. All right? Because you're obviously seeing what everybody else is doing and how you're not invited, how other things are going on. And so you're not living the supposed amazing life that somebody else is living. And you see that every day if you live in that country. So I want to just end by sort of saying, if you lived in God's country, so this is what, you, this is what happens, I think. Um, if you lived in God's country, if you, if you don't live in God's country, you, you you tend to, you're missing out. I think you're missing out. If scripture is not a regular part of your life, if your book time with scripture is not there, I think you're missing out on God's ways. I really do. There are these hidden gems inside scripture. There is wisdom. There is the actual insight into God himself who made you. Contained in scripture that we are swapping out so at some level we're missing out on God's ways i think if you if you don't have scripture in your life you're 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 not measuring up based off of God's eyes so what's really good about living in i think living in God's country it's sure, it's going to affect how you measure up, but the lens you're going to start taking on in your life is not "do I measure up to what my other friends are doing?" Do I? Me-? The lens you're going to take on is, "Hey, how does God see me?" Oh, this is this is His word. This is what His word tells me. This is He's describing. What a good husband is. Oh, my goodness, he's describing what a prophet does. Oh, he's, oh look, this is what love is. Oh, is this, is this what? And as you go through Scripture, you're getting a view of God's eyes. And I, I just want to clarify because I know this is a very Asian sort of audience. Measuring up in God's eyes doesn't mean that you're a superstar Christian who does all these religious things, by the way. Let's just, just read clip right measuring up in God's eyes means he knows you and that you know him that you have you have been saved by grace into a a relationship with your creator okay so that measuring up means that God sees you you see him all right versus you see what Roger did in Thailand right? you know like <laughs> okay, um right. So instead of measuring up with other things that you see on social media, you're measuring up against the image of Christ at some level, which is reflected in scripture. And then the last thing I think with bullying is that instead of letting other people's words shape how you're gonna feel today. How you're going to value your own life. How you're going to find your worth and identity as a person. I think you're going to find that God's words begin to shape you. They begin. To be the, the land that you live in. and that You get that picture then of a tree that, that's planted in water. You get your identity from God. You, you, you open up Scripture, and in it are the words of life. And then, out of that, the tree of your own life, fruit bears fruit. It, 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 it comes alive. I want to put it to you, this challenge, if I could, as I close. This Family Altar Series, I fully get it. I've been talking to a few people. They've been trying to start up family halters in their home. I've been talking to a few individuals. They've actually been um, trying. They're just by themselves reviving their own quiet time at home. Fantastic. When I say few, I've spoken to three. I'll tell you why. Because all the people who aren't doing it, they don't talk to their senior pastor. Only the people who are like, oh, pastor, let me tell you. Last week, I opened up my Bible. It was so amazing. I was like, okay, great, good, good. One. (laughs) Oh, last week, we got the whole family here. Okay, two, right? I know, I get it. It must be so hard, so, so hard to migrate to another country. It really is. I want you to think, if you migrated, if your parents migrated, what kind of trouble that must have been. To sort of go, we're just going to, it's not going to be Malaysia, Thailand, Philippines anymore. Uh, What I want to encourage you to, with the line three, is to have a view of the family altar. It's a, a view of the family altar that basically goes, my home, Even if I'm single and it's my own room, I'm the only Christian in my whole family. Fine. My home is God's country. My home is God's country. That means I pray. I open up the Word of God. I spend time in my home. This is where I live. Maybe I'll keep reading the same things again just as I travel on the same roads. Maybe I'll go to new places as I discover new things in Melbourne. And new, But this is where I'm going to live. And once you flip that mindset and you do the difficult task of migrating, which, let me tell you, is not easy, you'll discover, just as I have done, that God's Word is a great place to live. And it's easy. It becomes easier. I started, my engagement with the Scripture started reading the daily bread during my shower that was literally when i was growing up that's all i did was just these thin little books i would prop it up against the shower on an angle on the other side and as i showered, i only took like really short showers as i was showering i would read that i'm like done and then i'd walk out like that was literally that and then I, it got more and more. Then I went for some Bible studies, right? I discovered what each of the different books were. I, I, I went into a, a bit more research, learning. And then more and more, I discovered this country. And once you're living there, you actually discover it's one consistent country. It's painting one consistent world, God's world, painting a picture of God himself. Um, so I want to invite you, if I could, to that country to, to, to do the hard yards of migrating and that t- after today you make some kind of commitment to change that citizenship of where you're going to spend the majority of your attention. When it says meditate day and night what things preoccupy your heart and mind? The easy is I, I contemplated for a long while whether we should just do today's sermon and I just give you heaps of tips to make the Bible easy to understand which we could what I've discovered as a Sunday school teacher um, is that the race to easy the race to easy is always won by the lousy stuff it's always won by the lousy stuff that means if we make the Bible really easy then they're just going to make Netflix even easier if we make good food easy to serve and eat, they're just going to make lousy food even easier to eat. They're going to drip it in order, but like it'll be even easier. So the race to easy, the race to easy, that's not one we want to, um, I'm really not that interested in. The race is which things are wise the question we have to ask is where do we plant ourselves? Easy or hard? Don't make that the deciding thing in your decision. All right? I'm just going to close this in prayer. Um, if you would like to make a commitment to rethink how you engage with God and His Scripture, then as I pray for you today, can you just make a private commitment to God. That after this week, something's going to change. That after these many years of visiting Scripture, you're going to cross the line and get to know this country that God has prepared for us. Father, I, I pray, Lord God, for your church, for every single one of us here today. Um, help us to see with new eyes your inspired word I pray Lord God that we would not just use it for uh, quick tips and benefits that we would not use your Bible just to understand broadly the landscape and broadly whatever is convenient for us but instead Lord help us to know your word so well that it's like the neighborhood we live in Help us, Lord, as we, some of us, we just, it's such a big place. And there's so many things in it. We don't know where to start, Lord. But I pray, Lord, today, help us, Lord, as we take this first step towards migration. As we then land bags and all in a new country, ready to explore it and to make our home there. That we would be like trees planted by the river, uh, streams of living water, Lord God, bearing fruit in all seasons. So we commit this into your hands. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. All right, God bless you. Next week, we have Brett coming. Um, he's going to be way more practical, and he's going to be talking about having God in your home as CEO of um, Focus on the Family. God bless you. We'll see you all next week.